Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. One of the NHL's all-time greats has passed away. Mike Bossy, who as a New York Islander, went head-to-head against the Edmonton Oilers in some playoff series in the early and mid-80s, has passed away at the age of 65. Mike Bossy, who was a standout for the New York Islanders during their 1980s dynasty, has died after a battle with lung cancer. A first-round pick in 1977, Bossy played his entire 10-year NHL career with New York. He won the Calder Trophy as Rookie of the Year and got the Lady Bing Trophy for gentlemanly conduct three times. He also was part of four Stanley Cup teams. Bossy scored 50 or more goals in each of his first nine seasons, the league's longest streak. He and Wayne Gretzky are still the only players in hockey history with nine 50-goal seasons. I'm Shelley Adler. Yeah, I can remember Bossy playing an absolutely prolific goal scorer. I mean, just a, a special guy with the puck. I, I was talking to Jim Matheson at Oilers practice today about uh, seeing Bossy practice uh, shooting drills and just how precise he was and spots of the net he would work on hitting and uh, it certainly paid off for him in games and uh, Oilers star Ryan Nugent Hopkins and head coach Jay Woodcroft reacted to the news. A little bit before my time but obviously you hear about him and you, you watch old uh, old games of his and uh, your parents talk about him so I mean it's uh, it's a sad day for sure it's uh, he was a legend of the game uh, what he was able to accomplish at uh, any period of uh, the NHL is, is incredible. So uh, definitely sad day today. But, uh, yeah, um, I mean, one of the best of all time and uh, unbelievable career. For me as a young man, um, I was born in 1976. So when I started to watch hockey seriously was in the during the height of the Islanders um, and Oilers rivalry there and, and uh, great players on both sides and he's certainly one of them, one of the most prolific goal scorers in National Hockey League history, so we're thinking about him today. Great player, going to be missed. Sad news for the hockey world today. Mike Bossy passing away at the age of 65. Well, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's Inside Sports on 630 Ched. And today we have a best of edition to the show. You're going to hear from Rafi Torres, Kevin McClelland, Richard Zokol, Gene Principe, Jed Roberts, and others. And, of course, we'll get you ready for tomorrow's game between the Oilers and the Golden Knights, Furnace Family Oilers Hockey, 1230 face. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply off show here on 630 Shed and the puck will drop at 2 o'clock. Back with Rafi Torres in a couple of minutes.
When the hometown hockey event was in Edmonton a couple of weekends ago, Rafi Torres, one of the Oilers alum who came to town, talked to Torres, who said, loved playing for the Oilers. Uh, I got to tell you, but over the course of my career, I always look back at Edmonton as one, uh, you know, the, the the highlight of my career. You know, I was there the longest. Uh, I, I came into my own as a hockey player at that point in my career. So, and I loved playing at Edmonton. I think I loved it too much. I enjoyed it so much there that. Uh, you know, I made a lot of good friends there and uh, a lot of good relationships uh, with coaches and stuff like that. So, and, uh, and overall, we had a great, uh, great bunch of teams there. That a lot of good guys that uh, you know I keep in touch with, uh, with Steos and uh, you know and Morrow and stuff like that. So it'll be good to see uh, Pisani. I haven't seen him in a while, but and obviously Max D. So I'll, I'll look forward to that kind of stuff for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, and you mentioned sort of how how your career took off in Edmonton. I mean, you had a twenty goal season in 0304. The next year got wiped out. You played for the the NHL season, did you? Played for the Roadrunners, and then you had a twenty seven goal season. You know, five oh six. You know, Rafi, I've, I have the pleasure of getting to talk to a lot of current and retired athletes in all sports, and there's two words they use a lot: belief and confidence what allowed that those two things or one or the other to kick in for you while you were with Edmonton well the confidence came uh you know I didn't really have any when I got uh, drafted I was uh you know I got drafted in the island and uh, it was a tough team to break into that was the year that they brought in Yashin and Taka and uh you know Laviolette would have just taken over there um and to be honest with you it was uh it was it was a tough team to fit in with uh, with the older guys um, uh, but when I got to Edmonton, it's just, uh, you know, my confidence went through the roof just because, you know, you had guys like Jason Smith and, uh, and Morrow and, uh, you know, and Steos and, uh, you know, like uh, I could go on, Horkoff, Ryan Smith, these guys, uh, good guys, right? Good guys that made, uh, went out of their way to, to ask a young guy, like how he's doing, but, uh, you could be, you could imagine what an impact of, uh, players of those caliber, you know, talking to a young guy that's, uh, you know, I was nervous. I was, you know, had a lot of insecurities at that time. And I just wanted to fit in and do whatever I can. And these guys really helped me get over the hump uh, to become an everyday NHL player. So, um, and then also having Max T behind the bench there. Uh, we had a lot of good conversations with him. I, he knows that, uh, you know, he knew that I was like a guy that liked to, you know, play hard and play on the edge. And, you know, he never, you know, he never took that away from me now. No, going back, but yeah, it'd be nice to score 25, 30 goals every year, but uh, it was tough. You know, I got to tell you, it was tough. Um, you know, I had to bring in some other elements in my game with the, with the contact and, and playing a physical, in a physical play and, uh, and uh, just added some new stuff to try to try to keep me in the game. Right. So that's uh, kind of where, uh, where I stood with that. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll ask you, and I know you probably tell a lot of stories about this, but it's uh, still one of the highlights of uh, franchise history, especially for the more recent generation of fans. 05-06 going to Game 7. Uh, but I also hear a lot of stories from players about that, that last 20 games and getting rolly and then the, the stress and the drive of just barely kind of making the postseason. Before we get to the playoffs, what do you remember about the last couple months of that year? Because the current team is sort of going through that a little bit. Right. Oh, fun. It was so fun. Uh, I, mean, I got to tell you, it was, uh, uh, you know, the, the married guys were coming out and hanging out with the, the single guys uh, for dinner every night at home. Like, uh, you want to talk about a close knit team? Uh, that was it. Uh, I played on six other teams after I after I left that team. Uh, not one team comes close to how well we were and how much we cared about each other in that room. And that's what you need, right? You you, you want to play for each other. There's not one guy out there that I wouldn't block a shot with my face for. 
in that organization at that time, right? Um, but uh, yeah, like I said, this, these are, this is the fun time. This is what you play all year for, right? With this uh, going into the playoffs, so you want to be peaking. And you know, we knew how, we knew even after we lost the first game against Detroit in that first series, we're like, there's no way these guys are beating us. And you can go down the name. I think they have like ten or twelve Hall of Famers on that team that uh, that we that we knocked off in six games. Uh, well, that's amazing you say that because obviously they were, wasn't it 28, 30 points or something? They were ahead of you guys in the standings. So, so they, you would say the confidence that you guys could do damage in the playoffs, it, it was there that early, eh? And right in the first round. 100%. 100%. Yeah. When you after that first game, uh, well, just the way that the, the game was going, and uh, I think they they got up by a couple goals and then we tied it up and then they ended up winning that, that game. But we came into the room, like, you know, with the confidence to the roof, we're like, I remember looking at over at Sandy or something like that and saying, oh, geez, man, there's no way that these guys are going to beat us in seven games. There's no way, right? Like, so uh, we had a lot of guys step up. Remember Brad Winchester had a big a big goal that turn, that, uh, that series. Uh, Stoli had a big series. Horkoff obviously had a big series there. Um, geez, I'd do anything to play in a series like that again. But, uh, you know, like uh, just looking back at it, it was uh, quite a special time for uh, for that group. Uh, you mentioned Pisani, and, and he comes on uh, the show, obviously still lives in the Edmonton area, so I get to talk to him uh, on air here two or three times a year. Yeah, like, nice. what got into him? <laughs> you know what? Uh, who, who knows? But uh, I'll tell you what, it was fun to watch. I, um, I still look back at that uh, the, the, the goal. I think it was in overtime and against Carolina where he, uh, you know, I think he stripped the puck from uh, one of the defensemen, went in there and goes top shelf, and I was like, Holy man, this guy is just playing. You know, talk about out taking your game to the next level and doing whatever it takes. And uh, it's a special, special two months for uh, Fernando. You know, and his family. They were. Uh, he was a big reason why we were able to go that deep. And uh, it was nice to see him uh, uh, do well in that series, in that uh, playoff run. Rafi Torres joining us tonight on Inside Sports. He's going to be in Edmonton for the uh, hometown hockey celebration over the weekend. When, when that run ultimately, and, and I hope you don't mind me asking about the, the end of it, that I know did end in the loss, but um, you know what was it like in the room after the game and then maybe the, the day or two after when you guys are still being celebrated by the fans and by the city, right. but you know you didn't quite get the, the last win you needed? Yeah, and that's why that's why I always look back look at Edmonton as, uh, as a special place in my in my career. Right, um, coming back from flying back from Carolina, you know the, the the amount of fans that were supporting us, driving out of the airport and driving our driving home, and then after the, we spent a couple of days there, and, you know, kind of lick our wounds. But uh, it was tough, you know. Like, hey, listen, it's what I tell everybody. You know, I've lost in two games, uh, two games, seven Stanley Cup Finals in my career. And I look back and I'm just like, yeah, you know what? I, I have no regrets. I, I, uh, me as an individual, did whatever I could to to, to help the, the team that I was playing on, especially with Edmonton. And, uh, you know, you, you, I cannot look back and say that, hey, you know what? I could have done this better. I could have done that better. You know, I left it all out there. And, uh, you know, I was able to look in the mirror and say, hey, listen, it's, uh, you gave your best, uh, but the better team won, right? So what can you do? I'm wondering about your uh, the transition for you, and I mean you're not uh, you're not an old man by by any means, uh, but uh, right. your your hockey career ended about six or seven years ago, and you know we know right. the the suspension was part of the story. Yeah. What was was that a difficult adjustment to make? How did you deal with sort of the the end of your career? Yeah, it was tough. It was tough. Obviously, nobody uh, likes to um, for their uh, careers to be ended with uh, with suspension and stuff like that, but. I'll be honest with you. It was, it was more of a knee. It was more my knee at that point. You know, I've coming off cut two ACL repairs at, at 35 years old. 
Um, you know, so I was able to come back and for, you know, another trial and stuff like that, but I was just not able to keep up out there. You know, I wasn't able to do play my game and get in on the four check, turn pucks over and being be as aggressive as I want. And uh, to be honest with you, uh, retiring, it, it hurt. You know, I was, uh, it took, it took me a couple of years before I could, uh, you know, walk up, uh, you know, walk out of my house with my head held up high and say, you know, like, because everybody kind of looks at the bad, right? Um, so I had to go look back at, uh, you know, the, what I've done throughout my career, you know, playing for Team Canada, being a first, uh, first round draft pick, you know, um, you know, playing over 10 years in the NHL, right? There's, there is a lot of good things that have happened on my career. Um, you know, but, uh, I played a certain way and I have to deal with, you know, I have to, uh, you know, live with the way I played and, like I said, it sucked that, um, you know, I have a lot of, you know, I coach youth hockey now. I do hockey schools here in in, in, uh, in Toronto. So, you know, everybody's always, the first question they ask is like, ah, you know, how can you get suspended for 25 games? This time I'm just like, ah, geez, man, like, let's, uh, yeah, well, let's, let's, let's change the topic here, talk about some other stuff. But, uh, you know, uh, thank God I had a great wife, a great wife, a support crew that says, hey, you know, she'd, uh, she'd tell me, hey, enough with this, uh, with this crap. You got to live your life. And, uh, it is what it is. You you signed up for this. There's good. There's bad. And people people are obviously always going to look at the bad because that's more interesting. But let's move on here and let's uh, get your life back on track. So it's been about five six years now, and I'm happy again. You know, I you know I, I enjoy going to the rink now with my little guy. Um, my, my, it's a different passion, right? As much as I'd love to be playing, or it, it is a different view from behind the bench and and from teaching on the ice and. It's, I'm, at least I can say that I'm back in love with the game as as uh, as, as I was when I first started playing to not where I was, uh, you know, after a couple of years of uh, kind of getting pushed out of the league. Okay, so what age range are you coaching and uh, what's your coaching style? You got any Mac T in you? <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, let's, let's just say that. Uh, I give bonuses for kids that block shots, right? Because at 10 years old, it, it's a really, really tough thing to do for a kid to get in front of a shot, but they get rewarded. I, I let them know that, hey, listen, uh, for me, my, my, my uh, philosophy on coaching is, uh, you know, do the simple things really, really well. Um, there's only a certain handful of players and, uh, you know, at, at every age group that can go around a whole team and win games by themselves. And I'm just like, hey, listen, that's all fun and dandy, but there's a lot more other things to hockey that can make you a great player, you know, uh, board work, uh, turning pucks over, you know, uh, getting to the net with your stick on the ice. A lot of, we just work on the fundamentals and, uh, you know, it might, uh, listen, uh, just because I have the background that I do, I tell everybody it doesn't mean it doesn't get, doesn't mean it by all means that I'm going to be a good coach or anything like that. But, you know, I have, I have parents that come to me and say, we just finished our season. And, uh, you know, they, they, parents have older kids and said, I've never seen such a, 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 a a professional organized ran team for 10 year olds and uh, the kids are having fun. They can't wait to get to the rank every day. So that's what more can I ask for? That's awesome. Rafi Torres joining yeah. us tonight on inside sports. Uh, how do you, do you follow a lot of current NHL teams? Do you watch Oilers when you have time? I know you're probably busy, but how much do you get to check out the Oilers now? Uh, here and there, to be honest with you, here and there. Obviously I did watch uh, the game, the last game there. Uh, or who they play there? Who's, who's that uh, game Kings against? was last uh, night. Yeah. Yeah, where so I was able to watch that game. It was a nice game right to the end there. Um, uh, but no, I'll be honest with you. I don't, I don't, I don't watch as much as I should. Um, I'm just like I said, the, you know, time catches up with you. Um, but uh, I am making a priority to try and watch a little bit more hockey as I go along. I am going to the game against uh, St. Louis tomorrow, so that would be nice to watch those guys and uh, 
you know, live hockey, which is always nice, but especially with, uh, in my eyes, I'm thinking you guys got two of the best players in the league on that, uh, on that team. So it'll be exciting. I'm excited. Right on. Okay. I want to ask you a couple of fun ones here. Part of what you're doing over the weekend is going to be, uh, signing autographs. Do you, right. do you practice your autograph? Do you got a big autograph? Do you keep it simple? <laughs> Listen, right now I'm walking around with a freaking Sharpie just trying to practice it for this weekend, you know, but, uh, no, it's, uh, it's exciting. Hey, listen, uh, um, you know, uh, at the end of the day, it's, it's part of the game and I, and I love putting smiles on kids' faces and, you know, whether it's an autograph or a picture, it's part of the gig. And, uh, that's why I enjoyed the game so much is to put smiles on people's faces. So I, I'm looking forward to it. All right, and Rafi, I got a standard question I ask uh, retired players the first time I'm I'm lucky enough to interview them. So I'm going to throw this one at you tonight. Uh, it's kind of a two-parter. Who, who's the be- in terms of the NHL? Who's the best player you ever played with, and who's the best player you ever played against? Uh, probably, I'd say with Joe Thornton, and uh, even later in his years, he, like, I still couldn't couldn't believe that some of some of the stuff that Susan he was doing out there. That's why I feel so like, hey, listen, we all know Joe's not, Joe's not, you know, twenty twenty eight years old anymore. So I, I can't imagine what a guy like that that has so much skill and so much hockey sense is going through right now. Just because, hey, the, like I tell everybody, listen, my my brain was always like, yeah, 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 I know what I gotta do, I know what I gotta do, I know what I gotta do. But then the body's just like, whoa, let's hold on a second here. Where are you going? Like, just relax here. You know, like, if so it's it's frustrating. Um, so that's, that's what I'd say Joe Thorne played with, uh, played against. Uh, you know what? Uh, I, I got to say, like, Rick Nash always, so, for some reason, he every time I played against him, he, was just, he just stood out to me like just a, a, a beast out there, you know. And uh, I just loved his, uh, his power, his, uh, you know, his first steps to the net. Always a great player to play against, right? Obviously, I played against Chris Sid, the kid, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, they're great players and all, but uh, guys that I found that were that actually uh, did stuff out there when I was playing against them that I noticed was definitely a guy like Rick Nash. That is Rafi Torres, and we'll keep the Oilers alum theme going. Kevin McClelland is up next. Best of Inside Sports on 630 Chat. Leon Dreisaitl with the hat trick last night. Darnell Nurse scored shorthanded. Mike Smith, the shutout. Oilers 4-0 over Nashville. Now another big one coming up tomorrow afternoon at Rogers Place. They'll be taking on the Vegas Golden Knights. Well, do you recognize this guy by his stats? 588 NHL games in his career in the regular season. 180 points, 1,672 penalty minutes. Now, he played 98 playoff games, scored 11 playoff goals. One of them is considered one of the biggest goals in the history of the Edmonton Oilers. I'm talking about Kevin McClelland, who I got to sit down with in Studio 99 recently, and he tells you what he's up to these days. Well, I took over this year in Portage, uh, Portage College in Lac-La-Biche, and uh, you know, we had a pretty decent year, big uh, big turnaround from the previous year before COVID, uh, so things are looking pretty good in Portage. We played uh, well against Nate and Satan, all those big powerhouses, so you know, it looks uh, the future looks pretty bright there. So you, you were an assistant for a year or two before you became the head coach? Yeah, yeah, I just uh, I got uh, hired there in September of uh, the first year that I was in Portage, and uh, Nate left this summertime, so I took over. And this, uh, 
I, you've been coaching a while, right? Because I know you were in Wichita, I think, for several seasons. Uh, so it was a it was a pretty quick transition from from your playing career to your coaching career, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I uh, retired, and then I got the opportunity from uh, Bert Templeton to be an assistant coach in the OHL with the Barry Colts, and uh, you know it was uh, it was a natural fit. I didn't know what I was going to do when uh, the career come to an end. I don't think uh, the guys back then were very prepared, so I got the opportunity to get into coaching. It was fantastic, you know. So what kind of a coach are you? And the second part to that is, are there any coaches from your NHL career that you borrow from? Well, obviously, uh, slats, as I tell you. You know, I was, a, I was a hockey player spinning my wheels in Pittsburgh and uh, just got sent to the minors, so my uh, NHL career didn't really start off well. I got traded to Edmonton and, uh, you know, obviously it uh, revamped my career, but, you know, just the way Glenn Saylor handled the team and... Uh, the way he was so great to all the guys, I, I try and be a player, uh, a player's coach for sure. You know, it's interesting you bring that up because, you know, Rob and I talk about that sometimes too. You, you got to have somebody who believes in you or say, you know, this is the role I think you can fill, right? Like, don't necessarily worry about this, this, and this. We need you to do this, and that focus can really help. Well, it was unbelievable. I mean, I'm trying to plan, uh, trying to make the worst team in the league back then. Pittsburgh was the worst team in the league, and uh, I couldn't make it there. And then all of a sudden, I get a call from Glenn Sather, and I'm going, what are these guys calling me for, man? That's the best team in the league. And, uh, you know, first thing I said is, well, where's your firm team? He says, no, no, you're coming here. But what he installed in that dressing room just with the leaders, like with Gretz and Mess and Kevin Lowe, it was unbelievable how they, how they just kept pulling me along every day and uh, and helping me. But, uh, you know, Sailor making that phone call was just a huge uh, huge uh, plus for me in my career. I mean, that the, the others have obviously gone to the Stanley Cup final the year before you got here, so they were an established, excellent team. But, like, when you joined them, did you get the sense, like, yeah, like they have, like they're right on the verge. Like this is going to be the year. Did you know that even then when you joined? Well, just watching them, like when I was playing for Pittsburgh, oh man, you know, that team's unbelievable. But uh, then just to uh, get traded and then show up, and it was just unbelievable how great these guys were. And I'm not even talking hockey players. Everyone knows how great they were as hockey players. But just as as people and teammates and friends, they were unbelievable. And uh, my my confidence level went from zero to 100 in about uh, one airplane flight. That's amazing. What a what a turnaround that would have been. I got to ask you about something else. Well, I'll ask you this way: How often do you get asked about the one nothing game winner? Do you ever get tired of telling that story? You know what? No, <laughs> I, I like it, but you know, I just uh, again, I was just uh, you know lucky to be at the right place at the right time, and that uh, that was a huge goal. But I mean, it wasn't nothing. I, I was the end result, but Hunter and Hughes were the guys who were in the corners crashing and banging and they they were the guys that deserved the credit of that goal and then obviously Grant Fuhr. Grant Fuhr played unbelievable that game and uh, made me a hero in my own mind. (laughs) (laughs) I think a lot of people thought you were a hero. Get a game winning goal in the Stanley Cup final. That's not bad. Yeah, it was was nice. Did you, as that series went on and the Islanders were going for their fifth straight and it was a different format so you split there. You had three home games. When did you actually, because some guys will say not until that final buzzer went, other guys will say something happened earlier in the season and they, or earlier in the series and they felt we got these guys. When did it sort of click for you that you thought, man, we're going to win the Stanley Cup? I think it was during game uh, game three after we talked, to, after uh, we got the split in New York and the guys were feeling pretty confident, going, hmm, still 1-1. But then when you saw the first few shifts of the big boys, 
<laughs> you know, it was only a few periods before we were going to hoist that cup. It was just, uh, you know, they believed and uh, and uh, they turned it up a notch. I mean, you know, Mess turned it up a notch, Kevin Lowe, uh, Gretz, obviously. It's just uh, amazing what uh, uh, how hungry they were. They were just real hungry. Kevin McClellan joining us on the Faceoff Show. You played in a in an era of uh, where the Battle of Alberta became the Battle of Alberta. Some playoff matchups, most of them went the Oilers' way. You had the heartbreak in 1986. How much would it mean to you as an Oilers alum if it happened this year? Oh, I just uh, I was talking about this the other day. I would just love to see it, you know. And they got a heck of a team. There are a lot of great players here. They got some great role players. So I'd love to. I'd love to be coming back here in a couple months for sure and, uh, you know, watching the excitement the, uh, for the city and the fans. Which Calgary Flame was your biggest arch rival if you had to pick one individual? There were six or seven of them for sure. But, uh, <laughs> you know, Paul Baxter, you know, he's a competitor and stuff like that. We didn't really have to worry about it on the road too much. So, you know, uh, I mean, we did have to worry about it on the road at home. We didn't really get to do a lot of fighting for sure. So, but... People look back on that rivalry, and some of the players have told me in the past that, you know, there, there's guys that are rivals now and teams that are rivals, but maybe you play junior together, maybe you share an agent, maybe you go to his golf term in the summer. People tell me it wasn't like that with those Oilers and Flames teams. Like, it, it extended year-round. Yeah, I mean, we didn't really get to see him a lot away from the rink and stuff like that, but, uh, you know, you got to admit, those were pretty fierce battles. And, uh, you know, every time we played those guys, it, uh, it was, uh, you know, it was going to be tough. Like I said, any, almost probably 99% of the games that I played in Calgary, I probably never made, made the rest of the whole game. I was in the shower early, man, telling the boys, I'm not saving any hot water, but go win the game, man. <laughs> <laughs> you were uh, you were saying during the commercial, because we, we started talking about some stuff, so you got four Stanley Cup rings with the Oilers. Yeah. And uh, explain how you kind of deserve credit, a little bit of credit for the fifth one, too. Well, that... Uh, <laughs> I heard rumors I was getting traded, and that was when Jimmy Carson uh, wasn't happy playing in Edmonton, and uh, Bob Probert was in uh, in jail at that time, so I got thrown in as a tough guy. But uh, I think uh, I was so happy because I was in Hawaii at the end of the year, and the guys were down. I think it was 3-1 to Winnipeg that year, right? And they come back and win, so I sent a telegram to Hawaii and told them, Old Blue, I got it hanging on the, uh, hanging on the beach because that was a suit I used to always wear if we needed a big win. And I sent him that telegram. But anyways, it was a, me and Jimmy Carson for Adam Graves, Joe Murphy, and Peter Klima. So I think that was what put him over for the top that year. But they didn't give me a ring. I'm still confused, man, you know? We'll look into it. If we see, if we see Kalo around the rink, we'll, uh, we'll yeah. ask if he can, he can iron that out. Uh, how much of the current team have you been able to watch, and what are some of your impressions? Well, I, I watch quite a bit because I'm in Lacklebish, and uh, huge following up there in Lacklebish. Great people and just love the Oilers up there. But uh, uh, it's amazing. they got a lot of talent on this hockey club. they got some great role players. You know, Smitty's a great goaltender, and you know what it's like. I mean, it's a grind going into the playoffs. If they can get key goaltending, they can get a couple role players to score some big goals and contribute. And obviously the big guns, they play hard every night. So they got a great chance. And I think, you know, this is going to be a good uh, test tonight for them. Here's a fun one for you. Is there any player either in the on the Oilers or in the NHL that reminds you of yourself? Um... There's not that many crazy guys no more. Most guys can most guys can play the game now. So you know, but uh, you know, I like to always think I'm sort of like the, the Cassian guys and stuff like that. But uh, 
you know, got a lot of respect for that guy like Cassian. You know, he's got a tough job and uh, he does it very well. Well, you shouldn't. I just I know you're being modern. I mean, you scored 68 goals, which is which is pretty good. You put a few in along the way, and 11 more in the playoffs. It wasn't just the one in the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, it was. Uh, but I mean, it was so easy on this team to contribute. I mean, when you're talking about uh, you know Dave Hunter and Pat Hughes, a lot of times on teams back there they'd be second line guys. You know what I mean? So I got to play with those guys, and like I said. You know, just everyday practice, these guys made me a lot better, so it uh, it was easy. That is Kevin McClelland. Awesome to speak with him. That is a past Edmonton Oiler. Possibly a future Edmonton Oiler is up next on the Best of Inside Sports. Okay, well, playoff action looking good to happen for your Edmonton Oilers. Still going to do some work to clinch. The Edmonton Oil Kings are in the postseason. That's going to start Thursday at Rogers Place against the Lethbridge Hurricanes on the farm. The Oilers' AHL affiliate, the Bakersfield Condors, will be in the postseason as well. A lot of good stories with the Condors this season, including defenseman Vinny DeHarnay, who signed a two-year two-way deal in March. Uh, it's it's a great feeling. Obviously, for for my family and I, it's been it's been a hell of a journey. Uh, lots of ups and da- ups and downs, and it's been a roller coaster of, of emotions. And everywhere I've been, it's you know I started a little bit as a no, I wouldn't say a struggle, but you know at the bottom. Uh, and everywhere I've been, I've I've had to 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 work and prove that I can I can play and I can do what I do, uh, and to get rewarded like that. Uh, it's, it's huge and like to sign that in the middle of the season you know to get uh, to get a call from from you know the GM and, the, and my agent and all that it was it was a great feeling and uh, you know obviously to 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 have guys like, like Jay Woodcroft and and uh, Dave Manson coaching me and and Colin Chalk and JF uh, who last year you know those guys will help me so much uh, develop my game and, and develop uh, you know as a, as a human being as well um so you know the contract uh, you know they, they helped me a lot to, to get that that contract and I'm, I'm really thankful for them for for pushing me and, and making me realize that hey i have this i have the skill set to get to the national league and now that you know i got the the contract i'm really excited the next two years to prove that i can play and i can stay there all right so and your journey is Drafted in in 2016 in the seventh round, I, I believe yep. while you were going to Providence College. Uh, like, take me back to that draft year. Were you even expecting to get picked, or were you disappointed that you went that late? Like, what, what was the experience like? So it was so it was my third the third year of my uh, of my draft year. So it was the the last year I was I, I could have been drafted, and uh, it was my first year. It was after my first year of Providence. So it was after my freshman year, and I, I had only played uh, eighteen games. I played most most of my eighteen games uh, the second half of the season, but still I, I had only played eighteen games. So I didn't really expect much. Uh, and you know, my agent told me, "Hey, like, some teams are interested, but it's gonna be late. And and if you're drafted, well, great. If not, well, we'll probably get some some invites and and whatnot." And I'll remember this for this moment for the rest of my life. I was at my brother's, and he lives like three hours away from Montreal, and he's got a lake house and a boat. And so we were actually on the boat. And I got a call from my agent saying, "Like, he just told me, he goes, congratulations, Edmonton." And he just hung up. I was like Edmonton, like what? What's Edmonton? My mom called me crying about five seconds later. And, you got drafted by Edmonton, and then she was crying. And and from there, and I was my my two best friends were were with me, and my brother was with me. 
and to, to live that moment of being drafted and you dream about that moment since you're young and to do it with my friends and my, my, my brother, it was such a, an amazing feeling. Uh, yeah. And then, and then after that, you just kind of realize like, all right, well, it's, it just became real, you know, you drafted by, by, by an, an NHL team. And yeah, from there, I just, my goal is the same. The day I got drafted, I, I told, and I told, I think it was Rick Carrier, who was uh, the head of player development at the time. And I told him, I was like, I'll prove you guys that uh, I can play in the national league. And that's, that's, that's my goal. Every, every morning I wake up, that's, that's, that's what I try to prove. I just try to get better and better every day. And, um, I'm just waiting for my shot and to get the contract. I'm just, you know, I'm just one step closer. It's, it's great and all, but you know, right now I'm still in the, in the AHL, I'm on an AHL contract and, uh, you know, I have games, games to win and, and we want to win the, the Calder cup right now. So that's, that's definitely what I'm focusing on. But when my, when my name is going to be called, be ready and I'll, I'll, I'll give it all. Yeah. Well, you got a great attitude and, and I mean, you are a great story. I know maybe you probably don't consider yourself that, but I, I do think your journey is pretty cool. You know, four years, Providence, uh, ECHL, and somebody described you to me this way, Vinny, that you are an elite American Hockey League defenseman. I mean, how how did you get there? or When did you, when did you feel it really started to click for you? Um. I, I mentioned earlier, you know, having, uh, you know, Woody and Mance in my corner definitely helped. Um, I think it's just, it's all, most of it is in your head. Uh, and, and the more you're talking, you know, talking with uh, Brad Malone, you know, it's a great example that, you know, it's, it's, like it's a mindset. Um, and it's just a mindset of, of doing me, you know, every morning, do you. Don't don't do something something that you wouldn't do to make someone happy, to make the coaches happy, to make when you wake up every morning, do something you want to do for yourself. And um and I think that's what it is. I don't look myself at, oh, I want to be the best defenseman in the league. I look at myself at every day I wake up and I want to get better and I want to make my teammates better around me. Um, and, and I don't know, just from there, it just kind of confidence comes with it. And then your teammates confidence comes with it. And then your coaches confidence comes with it. And then confidence, your, your mental state, you're in a good spot mentally. And then things just seem to happen well. And then we have a really good team and then having a good team really helps as well. And, you know, we have, Sam Rukov, who just signed, you know, AHL deal for next year, one win, and you just got Nimalainen, who just signed a deal as well, and then Broberg, who's a very elite player as well, and those were my three, uh, my three partners this year. So that definitely helps as well. You know, I don't, I don't we were playing with really, good, really good players. We have a really good team down there, and that definitely helped me a lot. Yeah, well said. Uh, you got height, obviously, six foot seven. Uh, were you always a big guy, even when you were, you know, playing minor <laughs> hockey? And were there other sports that played uh, that you played, or maybe you were tempted by? Um, I wouldn't say I was. I was always like tall, but I was never like holy that guy's tall. You know, I was always like in the tallest guys in my group. And then uh, I was, uh, I was what, how old was I? Maybe 14, 15. And I went from like in like a, a span of like two months during the summer. I went from like 5'8 to like 6'1 in two months. And the first time I skated back uh, uh, on the ice, I was crying. 
I was 15 years old. I remember I went to the coach and I was crying because my knees and my lower back were so painful because they grew so quickly. And uh, I was 6'1", 145. So I was not, I was never a big guy. You know, I was like, that was pretty skinny my whole life. Um, and then with the age, you know, once you stop growing, you're able to put a little weight, a bit of muscle on. Uh, so right now I'm not like, you know, what, maybe 230. I'm like six, seven, 230, which is, I feel really good at, at, at that weight. That's like a healthy weight for me. And I feel I can move fairly well on the ice as well. Um, so that's for the, that's for the height and, and weight. Uh, and then for sports, I've, I mean, I've, I've always enjoyed playing like any type of sports in my backyard with my, my, I have an older brother. So I've always enjoyed playing sports, uh, but I play competitive uh, soccer. I was a big soccer player. I really like running. I was, uh, I, I would just kick the ball and run after it. Uh, my, my long legs uh and then at some point like everyone else it's like well do you want to play hockey and or do you just want to have fun and do both sports so i had to stop playing uh playing soccer at some point uh but i really really enjoyed soccer really good story there Vinny day harney maybe we're going to see him playing in the nhl as he uh continues to progress obviously very focused on doing so hey hope you're having uh, a great day we got the oilers coming up tomorrow the broadcast is going to start with the face-off show at 12 30 as they take on the golden knights recapping some of our favorite segments here. It's the good old best of show. We got Principe, we got Zoko, we got Roberts all coming up in the second hour. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.